Hi, I'm Gary from Stonyfield, the organic yogurt company. The President's Cancer Panel recommends foods produced without toxic, persistent pesticides and chemical fertilizers. We couldn't agree more. That's why Stonyfield yogurt is always organic yogurt. From the Jennifer and Ted Stanley Studios in Somerville, Massachusetts, this is a recycled edition of Living on Earth. I'm Bruce Kellerman. California has been car crazy for a long time. Now, some are saying the state's new auto emissions and fuel standards take crazy to a whole new level. Professor Daniel Sperling is one of nine members of the California Air Resources Board. Last December, the board unanimously approved strict standards limiting the amount of carbon in vehicle fuels. So it really is a big change. What it does is requires the oil companies to reduce the carbon in their fuel that they sell by 10% by 2020. And that perhaps doesn't sound like a big number, but to get that 10%, it means probably about a third of their fuel has to be shifted away from petroleum. And I have to say, myself as an academic, myself as a regulator, I don't know how this is going to play out exactly. And that's why these policies we're talking about are performance-based and market-based. We're leaving it to the market and consumers and industry to figure it out. A lot of that will be biofuel. Some of it will be electricity. Some of it will be natural gas. We're talking about a transformation, a revolution here, and it's really remarkable. Well, not content with just that revolution, California's Air Resources Board is putting the pedal to the metal and requiring that by 2025, 15% of new car sales in the state be either zero or near zero emission vehicles. Here again is Professor Dan Sperling. California is, once again, for better or for worse, you know, plunging forward ahead of everyone else. And, you know, we're not telling companies exactly what technology to use, but we're expecting that of those vehicles, probably about a third to a half would be hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, a third to a half would be battery electric vehicles, and the rest would be plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. But, of course, there are very few uh, hydrogen gas stations now. That's right. There's probably about 10 or so in California right now. And battery electric vehicles are a very important part of it. But there's some real issues with battery electric vehicles, whether they really will be fully accepted. There's the range issue, the cost of batteries. So there's a lot of people that believe that hydrogen fuel cell vehicles will ultimately be at least, if not more important and dominant than uh, battery electric vehicles. Now, back in the 1990s, California did mandate that car makers produce a certain amount of zero-emission fuel vehicles. And, uh, well, let's be generous. That didn't work the way you had hoped. That is being generous. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But this is the same policy, the same rule. And it did start in 1990. It turned out that the technology didn't advance as fast as we thought. The batteries were more expensive than we anticipated they would be. The improvements were slower than we anticipated. And so, frankly, it did become a problem. The good news is that now, thanks in part to the, you know, one of the benefits, one of the impacts of that zero emission vehicle program over the years is it did motivate 
the car companies to really focus on electric vehicle technology. And even though it wasn't successful in getting a lot of vehicles out there, they did invest a lot in developing the technology. And it is what spurred Toyota to start with the Prius and the hybrid vehicles. And so it's all part of the same path. And now with Nissan and General Motors making major commitments to electric vehicles, and with all the other car companies all ready to launch electric vehicles, we're on that path now. Could one of the reasons that these car makers are behind this is because the average cost of a car is going to go up almost $2,000 and that they're going to come out, well, flush. There certainly has been a dramatic turnaround in the attitude of the automobile industry in the last few years. They see that this is inevitable, that there is a problem with oil, and even more important, there is a problem with climate change. You know, I'm I'm on leave now in Washington, D.C., and I'm hanging out here, and I see how the politics have been poisoned here about climate change. You can't even talk about climate change. But that doesn't reflect reality in industry or in a lot of other places. The car industry across the board is fully acknowledging and accepting climate change is real, and something has to be done about it, that they can make the vehicles much more efficient, and that we're moving towards electric drive technology with batteries and fuel cells. So I think there's now a full acknowledgement that this is necessary, this is going to happen, and instead of fighting it, they have a lot more to gain by being part of the solution than part of the problem. Now, we should say, though, that if you have an electric car and you're generating that electricity by burning coal... That's not a zero-emission car. It's just not coming out of the tailpipe. It's coming out of a smokestack. Absolutely. And so part of this pathway towards electric drive vehicles is making sure that the electricity grid is cleaned up as well. And in the United States, on average, about half the electricity is made from coal. But that percentage is coming down. And there are Almost probably, I think, three-quarters of all the states in the U.S. already have programs to introduce more renewable energy. In California, the requirement is that 33% of the electricity must be renewable electricity by 2020, and most of the rest is nuclear and natural gas. So the emissions are very low in California, and they're coming down everywhere. As I understand the, the California decision, if I am in Massachusetts and I buy one of these vehicles, it counts towards California's goal. That's a very good point. So when we say the California program, it's really California and 10 other states. 10 other states have agreed to adopt whatever California adopts. And so what we are launching here is a revolution. And ideally, hopefully, the federal government will gradually come to embrace these same requirements But even if they don't, we're going to see all of the car companies introducing this technology, not just in those 10 states, but across the country. What about me? How am I going to fare in terms of my pocketbook and these rules and standards? Well, in the end, consumers should come out ahead. In fact, in some of these rules, they come out ahead immediately with the vehicle rules. The cost analyses that we've done suggest that By 2025, the average vehicle will cost about $2,000 more than today, but they will be so much more efficient that over that time, they will save $6,000 in reduced fuel costs uh, from here to there. And so the result of that is that the average consumer comes out ahead. And because the average consumer also takes out a loan on their car, for instance, a five-year loan, from day one, you will be saving money 
on your car because the increase in your car payment will be less than the amount of fuel savings that you get. Daniel Sperling is director of the Institute of Transportation Studies at the University of California, Davis, and a member of the California Air Resources Board. Professor Sperling, thank you so very much. It's a pleasure.